Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Hello, everybody. Lou Dobbs here, and thanks for joining us on The Great America Show. Welcome. You'll be glad to hear that the Biden regime is warning communist China not to send lethal weaponry and arms to Russia. Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, this weekend warned China not to send lethal aid to Russia. Warning China, mind you, even as Biden is sending more than $110 billion to Ukraine and Zelensky to fight China's strategic partner, Russia. And Biden's Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, and CIA Director William Burns joining in that warning to Xi Jinping, both seemingly indifferent to the likelihood that Xi will support his partner, Vladimir Putin. This isn't looking good, folks, and at the same time, the Biden regime is warning China. They're also telling NATO nations to ignore China's repeated efforts to negotiate a peace settlement between Ukraine and Russia, talking with the UK, Germany, and France, putting the United States in a bit of a mess. Biden pressing Zelensky to fight on instead of negotiating while Biden opposes China leading in talks to de-escalate hostilities. Only the Biden administration could be this messed up. Meanwhile, the New York Post reporting China's police are hunting down Chinese citizens here in the United States and maintaining a number of police stations here in the United States, and Congress is only now preparing legislation to shut them down. The 118th Congress has been underway now for less than two months. The principal committees investigating political corruption of the Biden regime and Marxist Dems are making good progress already. Those committees are the House Oversight Committee, the Judiciary Committee, and the Select Subcommittee on Weaponization of the Federal Government. The House Committee on Oversight and Accountability is investigating the involvement of President Biden in his family's business dealings with corporations, with governments, officials, and individuals, in influence peddling schemes, whether foreign or domestic. The House Oversight Committee is Congress's principal investigative committee with the broadest investigative authority. Our guest today is the man who leads that committee, Congressman James Comer, chairman of the Oversight Committee. And Congressman, great to have you with us and welcome. Thanks for all you and Judiciary Chairman Jordan and your members and staff are doing for the American people. If you will, what's your judgment on what appears to be a very strong start? Yeah, I think everything's going according to plan. Uh, we've requested every bit of information that I said on your show during the campaign we would request. Uh, we've run into every roadblock imaginable, which we factored that in. But where we are having success, Lou, is with the people that were in the Hunter Biden orbit and in the Joe Biden influence peddling orbit. Uh, they're starting to come in. Uh, we've requested financial information. Uh, my lawyers are working with their lawyers. We're trying to get that information in as we speak. And I believe we're going to have a lot of success 
from the banks, even though the uh, Treasury Department is blocking us from uh, getting the suspicious activity reports that every committee had access to prior to Joe Biden becoming president. So uh, I think we're going according to plan and we're not going to let up. This is very serious. And I think the evidence is overwhelming that this family's been involved in some very shady business dealings that could compromise our national security. Well, that it is, that's great to hear that it's going that well. And I know that uh, Hunter Biden, for example, has already refused to cooperate well, with your investigation and in no so uncertain terms. Uh, your reaction to uh, his response, which I assume <laughs> didn't surprise you. No, but you, you think about Hunter Biden. If, if I were innocent and the Democrats were, were saying bad things about me, I would want to clear my name. Uh, but the problem Hunter Biden is has is the evidence is overwhelming that he was paid millions and millions of dollars just for simply being a Biden. Uh, now, we want to know what did he provide our adversaries in China, Ukraine and Russia in return for the millions and millions of dollars that he received. Uh, we want to know if he was a part of any of the mishandled classified documents that were at the place where he was living for two years. We have a lot of questions for, for Hunter Biden, as well as Jim Biden, the president's brother. Uh, unfortunately, as you said, Lou, they're, they're not cooperating with us, but we have other avenues. And I believe at the end of the day, we'll be successful in obtaining the information that we need to be able to conduct a thorough investigation of the influence peddling schemes from the Biden family. As you say, the Biden family, as it is, uh, as, it is as it appears right now, uh, involved in so many business dealings. And uh, if nothing else, their timing uh, seemed to be perfect, uh, coinciding with uh, Joe Biden's terms in office as vice president uh, and now president. That That is going to be a very tough and, I would guess, uh, very complicated investigation. Uh, is it your sense it's going to be complicated or am I overstating it? Well, it, it just, it, it obviously depends. We're trying to keep a narrow focus. Uh, we want to follow the money. Uh, we know of about 25 different sources of questionable revenue that the Bidens received through various shell organizations. Uh, the money usually didn't come from, say, China to the Bidens. It usually went from China uh, to a, an LLC that the Bidens had a small interest in, then the LLC would pay both Hunter Biden and Jim Biden for consulting fees. Uh, we would like to know what they did uh, in exchange for the consulting fees. What type of consulting did they in fact do? So, you know, th this was something that you can tell the Bidens knew uh, didn't need to become public. They tried every way in the world to keep Joe out of it. They re referenced to Joe Biden as the big guy. Uh, they gave him several other nicknames. Uh, they would always uh, make sure that people were very careful not to mention Joe Biden. But according to all the, the people we've spoken with who were involved in the business dealings, according to the emails, the text messages, and the pictures, Joe Biden knew very well what his family was doing. Uh, what I think is ironic, and one reason that the bank suspected the Bidens of money laundering was that uh, they just shifted money around from LLC to LLC. And what they were doing, in my opinion, Lou, they weren't laundering money, they were just trying to hide the source of the money. 
Uh, and the source oftentimes was the Chinese Communist Party. Unbelievable. And I'm in that orbit, as you were talking about, Eric Swerin, I understand, is producing documents. Uh, is he cooperating further uh, with your committee? So far, I'm very optimistic that uh, he's working with our committee. Our attorneys are in communication. Uh, he's a very important witness in this. There are other witnesses that we're communicating with and uh, in the process of obtaining documents from. So I believe that there are going to be plenty of people who were involved with the Bidens who are going to come forward with a lot of information that, that we need. You know, another thing with Jim Biden, you know, he flies under the radar, Lou, because he didn't leave a laptop lying around. But Jim Biden's involved in a lot of different lawsuits right now where people who were dissatisfied with the, quote, consulting that uh, Jim Biden provided. So there's a lot of public records uh, with respect to ongoing litigation uh, with Jim Biden. So, I, you know, th this family just doesn't have a good track record of uh, producing much of value to people who have been partners with them. Now, what we want to know is, did China, Russia and Ukraine receive a return on their investment? Because they've made a pretty significant investment in the Bidens. If you consider what they paid Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, as well as what they transferred to Joe Biden through the University of Delaware and the University of Pennsylvania. It's it's extraordinary. And Swerwin, again, known as Mr. Money for the Biden family, he was involved in lots of their personal finances and seemed to run not only uh, being in the partnership for uh, some of these business enterprises or dealings, uh, but also the, the family's private money. Uh, he seems to be a critical component. He was. And you see emails where he was making deposits on behalf of Joe Biden when he was vice president. He was also transferring money from Joe to Hunter while he was vice president. And I believe there was a time that Joe Biden was asked about Mr. Sherwin and he acted like he didn't know him, but he had access to his checking account. So Lou, I don't know how many people have access to your checking account, but uh, if there are any people with access to your checking account, I'm pretty sure you're, you're very familiar with them, just like any other American would be. So you know, the Bidens just haven't been truthful with the American people about the extent of their influence peddling. Uh, and also what we're going to be able to prove very easily is Joe Biden knew very well what his family was involved in, uh, who they were meeting with, who they were receiving payments from, and some of the quote unquote business and consulting deals they were supposedly performing. Well, President Biden in Ukraine uh, for what was a spectacular photo op, I'm not sure what else it accomplished, but it did uh, give him a chance to give the, the Ukrainians another $500 million. And he's operating as a man that is, in fact, the big guy with a, a 10 point big. Uh, he, this is outrageous what he's doing uh, in that in that country at this moment unilaterally it appears yeah the barisma deal just stinks to high heaven i mean we have a lot of questions about joe biden uh, as vice president and what he actually did and why he did it 
uh, in getting that special prosecutor fired. We had a member of the House Oversight Committee, a Democrat member, say that they were knew exactly what went on there. And Joe Biden fired the prosecutor because he wasn't hard enough on the corrupt Burisma deal. And I'm like, I, I, I don't know if you saw that, Lou. I did. I, I thought, what? What? You, so he fired the guy because he wasn't hard enough on the corrupt company that his son was getting paid eighty thousand dollars a month for being a director of. I mean, none of this stuff makes sense. They're insulting the intelligence of the American people. And it's a sad day for the media because the media is turning a blind eye to this whole story with respect to the corruption that went on in Burisma. The real quid pro quo in Ukraine was Joe Biden with what he did with the special prosecutor in exchange for American foreign aid to Ukraine. So Joe Biden's been very cozy with Ukraine dating back to his time as as a vice president and if you look at the the benefits that his son received for sitting on a board which he had no experience and and, and had no qualifications or or qualities that would add value to that board other than being the son of the vice president who controlled the foreign aid i mean it's just a joke that the media is not pressing joe biden while he's in ukraine right now about uh, coming forward and being truthful about what he really did uh, to protect his son in that corrupt energy company that he was making so much money every month from being a director of. And you're talking about Ukraine, and then there's China, uh, the dealings with CFC. Uh, this this is a remarkable family, as it turns out, because as we see more of what is out there, uh, then there's the the dealings with Kazakhstan, uh, the, the dealings you know, across the board uh, here with a number of countries. It goes on and on. And yet, Hunter Biden in, this, in the District of Delaware, the U.S. attorneys, is not, has not moved one inch in the investigation and prosecution of Hunter Biden for first tax evasion. And now, in front of him, all of this uh, plus uh, you know, a number of certain federal felonies. Your thoughts about that? Well, you know, people assume because that U.S. attorney was appointed by Donald Trump that he's going to be a, a model conservative that's going to do the right thing and he's not going to worry about the Bidens or, or the Democrat Party or, or, or whatever. But, you know, I know that in Kentucky, even when Obama was president, McConnell had a big say in who got to be U.S. attorney. So they, the, the, the president works, deals out with the senators on who these U.S. attorneys are. Uh, I don't know what the thought process was and who was in charge of appointing the U.S. attorneys uh, when Trump was president for Delaware. But this U.S. attorney had had uh, dealing, had an opportunity to go after the Bidens uh, years ago. Uh, in, in fact, it was Bo Biden, the president's other son, uh, it, that was involved in some campaign donations from a person that got indicted uh, as well. Joe Biden was involved in some of these campaign donations when he was a, a senator and, and then when he ran for, for president against Obama. But, uh, you know, nothing ever happened. So you know, I don't know much about this U.S. attorney other than he's had an opportunity to investigate the Bidens before and he chose not to. Uh, we all know that he's just been silent for a long time. Uh, we know what's on that laptop. Lou, you've seen what's on that laptop. 
I mean, there's enough to indict Hunter Biden now. There was enough to indict Hunter Biden uh, three or four years ago with what, what's on the laptop. So for whatever reason, this U.S. attorney uh, hasn't uh, produced very many results. And you are producing results already because people are standing up and taking notice whether they uh, are working, uh, formerly working with Hunter Biden, whether they're in the Biden family or the Democratic, uh, <laughs> the Democratic leadership. Uh, amongst those uh, watching right now are those uh, following the classified document scandal of the Bidens, whether it is the Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania or whether it is the residence of the president uh, in Wilmington or another of his vacation homes in Delaware. This man has been busy with classified documents that you're going to reach, I am sure, to that. Uh, are you not? Because you are, after all, investigating the president of the United States. That's correct, Lou. The first person we brought in for a transcribed interview was the general counsel for the National Archives. And we ask questions as to why, if you go to the website on the National Archives, are there all these stories and press releases about the raid on Mar-a-Lago for, for President Trump's supposed mishandling of classified documents, but yet no mention of Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents and the fact that Joe Biden had classified documents mishandled in at least four different locations. If you just got your information from the website of the National Archives, you would never know that Joe Biden ever had mishandled any classified documents. And the response that the, the general counsel gave was he did produce press releases about Joe Biden, but he wasn't allowed to post them on the website. So the only two people that could have prevented him from posting them on the website would have been Merrick Garland or Joe Biden. That's the chain of command uh, with respect to the general counsel for the National Archives. We also asked about why he responded to requests from Carolyn Maloney, my predecessor, who was chairman of the House Oversight Committee, uh, with her request about Mar-a-Lago, but he never responded to my request when I became chairman of the committee in January about the raids at the different Biden residences. And he said he did respond, but he wasn't allowed to send the correspondence to me. So this, is, this was two examples of either the Department of Justice or the White House blocking the National Archives from, from doing what they should do and being transparent with the American people and responding to the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. You throw in the fact that I don't believe we would have ever known about the first batch of documents that were mishandled that were found on November 2nd. I don't think we would have ever known about that had someone not leaked to the press that those documents had been found at the Biden residence. So they've never been transparent with the American people about the documents. We're concerned that uh, there are at least two emails that Hunter Biden sent that may have in fact been classified documents. But as you know, Lou, this administration is not being transparent and the Department of Justice is doing everything in their ability to protect this president. Does it seem to you at this moment uh, in in history and in this moment in which you're involved in a, a, a fundamental, uh, the incipient point of what will be the preservation of the republic, I truly believe, if you can succeed, is, is it your sense that the federal government is now permeated with Marxist ends, left wing, 
uh, deep staters, uh, whether it's the Department of Justice, the FBI, I, I mean, for crying out loud, the National Archives, the Homeland Security Department, it's department after department, agency after agency. These are, the Bidens are a protected group in this. And they are, across, just by the way, it's reminiscent of the Clintons as well. Uh, this government seems to be brimming with Marxist Democrats. You know, Lou, I agree. We, we saw when the Clintons were president that there were unelected bureaucrats and agencies that bent over backwards to protect the Clintons and some of their scandals. But what's happened from the time Bill Clinton was president to today when Joe Biden's president is the fact that the, the federal government has significantly grown. I don't know very many conservatives whose children apply for jobs in the federal government. It, it's the, the average federal employee by nature, especially the ones in Washington, D.C., are overwhelmingly liberal. Uh, they're they're you know, educated on the East Coast at the liberal many Ivy League schools. Uh, these people are appreciative of the fact that Joe Biden turns a blind eye and lets these unelected bureaucrats continue to operate their agencies in any manner they want, to spend money in any manner they want without any oversight or checks or balances. So they've got a pretty good deal with Joe Biden. And it's unfortunate. You know, you had Donald Trump, he came in, he tried to disrupt the, the deep state, the, the federal bureaucracies, and you know, he, they fought back. And unfortunately, the media is the entity that, that should be the one that comes in and, and ultimately decides that, wait a minute, now the, the deep state's in the wrong, and we're going to have to uh, reform our federal government. But unfortunately, the, the liberal media is going along with them. So you have a scenario now where you have the liberal media, you have the Department of Justice, you have all these government agencies, and unfortunately, you have the FBI all working to shield this administration from any oversight. Heck, we can't even get information on where they're spending the money in Ukraine. You say, well, you, you spent, you know, you, you've offered them 10 billion more dollars. Where's it going? And they'll say, well, it's going to Ukraine. Well, that's not good enough. And it, it's just, we're in a terrible situation in the federal government. I think House Republicans uh, are ready to try to dismantle and, and, and try to disrupt this federal bureaucracy, but we're gonna have to have some help from our Republicans in the Senate. Well, and, and you uh, live in a state uh, that is very familiar to the to the minority leader uh, in the Senate. Uh, your relationship and how hopeful are you that there will be help coming from the Senate? Well, you know, one of the things I think Sarah McConnell was concerned about when they went along and, and funded the government for the for another nine months was the the mm. uncertainty. Uh, with the speaker's race and things like that. Look, in nine months, there's no reason for the Senate to, to do anything to continue to fund the federal government uh, at the levels that it's being funded. And there's no reason in the world why we can't hold funding, withhold funding on different agencies and different bureaucrats who are clearly violating the Constitution, who are clearly violating the law, who are clearly bending over backwards to protect this administration from needed oversight. So uh, we're going to be sounding the alarm. We're going to be putting pressure on these senators to work with us, to try to hold Washington, D.C. accountable to the American people and the American taxpayers. 
Well, that that is, first I'll say good for you. Uh, secondly, I think that's another chore that faces you that's going to, it, it's difficult, uh, just, just thinking about uh, Mitt Romney uh, and some of the others, Lindsey Graham, I think that's a very difficult uh, task you have in front of us because they are, they're not so much liberal as they are uh, contrarian. Uh, and they are following somewhat different stars, I believe, than than most of us. Uh, it, it's really inconceivable about how they determine what is in the national interest in the rarefied era of the U.S. Senate uh, and uh, under Republican colors. Let me turn to the a couple of things. You were talking about the bank. I want to go back to that a bit because we've talked about the suspicious activity reports that the banks file when they suspect money laundering and other criminality. The banks themselves, if you're refused by the Treasury Department and Secretary Yellen, the banks themselves uh, have every opportunity to provide those to you, do they not? Under subpoena, if necessary. Under subpoena, because the privacy laws are going to have to be subpoenaed. Right. Uh, we've been communicating with the banks for several months, even prior to the November midterm elections. Uh, we feel like the banks are in a position now, uh, once they get subpoenaed, to provide the majority of the information that, that we're requesting, there's still a bank or two that we're, we're negotiating with, but I think you're going to see the subpoenas come very soon. You know, one wrench, the, the lawyers for Hunter Biden, they continue to reach out to every, they know exactly, it's funny, Lou, they know exactly who we're trying to communicate with for information. It's like they, they, they know, you know what the problem is. They know where we're going which shows they know that this family has been involved in infiltrating. They had 13 different banks. You know, this is a family, you're talking about business, Lou. What is their business? They don't own anything. They don't have any real estate. They, they don't manufacture anything. They're not licensed to sell anything. They're not registered lobbyists. So, so what is their business? They don't, they don't, it's influence peddling. They have 13 different banks. They got bank violations at every one of those banks. I mean, that, that says a lot about the type of business this family was involved in. So uh, you're going to see these records. Uh, we've tried to give this administration every opportunity in the world to do what every other administration has done when the House Oversight Chairman requests those suspicious activity reports. They provide them. But Joe Biden changed the rules to where we couldn't get them. I wonder why. And why isn't the mainstream media holding him accountable for that? Can you imagine if Donald Trump did that? What the media would be doing, that they would be demanding that the Democrats impeach Donald Trump for, for that. So we're going to get the information from the banks. I'm making sure every I is dotted and every T is crossed because when we do these subpoenas, if people don't abide by the subpoena, then it goes to court. If they don't comply with the subpoena, it goes to court. I want to make sure that every time we subpoena someone, we can win in court and get that information. So uh, I think you'll be seeing subpoenas go out very soon for, for the bank information. May I touch upon one thing uh, there, yes, sir. Uh, if you will, Congressman? Uh, when that subpoena is issued demanding production of the information you require, whatever documents, uh, they deny it, you go to court, you prevail. And what what happens then? What do you win in court and how do you enforce it? Well, the court will order that they go. Now, if you look at, at say, Steve Bannon, when the January 6th committee subpoenaed him, he didn't come. 
there were there were two things that the, the courts did. They they are two things that Congress did. Number one, they they took him to court and won. And the other, they held him in contempt of Congress, which obviously helps too. So I think we saw some new tools that Congress can do uh, through their January 6th committee, which, you know, wasn't even a real committee, Lou. The House Oversight Committee's been around since Abraham Lincoln was, was in Congress. He was on what is today the House Oversight Committee. So this committee's been around a long time. And I feel like our subpoena would have more merit in court even though we've got a Department of Justice that's doing everything in their ability to block meaningful, constitutionally authorized oversight. So, uh, but we're going to win in court, and that's why we're making sure everything we do uh, is done right. We're having plenty of legal counsel look over everything because this is very important, and we're not going to let this administration continue to get by uh, with all of the potential corruption that we've already seen out of this administration over the past two decades. And and Mr. Chairman, will you indeed subpoena the Bidens to, to testify before your committee? Well, it's going to be hard with the president. Now, with the family members, it's a lot easier. Uh, we're, I'm going to hold out on that till we get the information. If we get all the banking information we want, We'll invite them to come to the committee, and if they don't want to defend themselves uh, or defend the indefensible, then then I don't know what else needs to be done. Uh, once we get the banking records and we get all of the witnesses under oath to testify either in a committee hearing or in, in a deposition or transcribed interview, then I think we'll have enough information. Uh, we welcome the Bidens to come to the committee anytime they want. And again, if I were if I were Hunter Biden and I were innocent like his lawyers and all the hit people that work in the White House that attack Jim Jordan and me every day, if if they're telling the truth, well, I would want to come to the House Oversight Committee and and clear my good name. But for whatever reason, they they won't respond to any of our requests, and they continue to have their uh, attack dogs bark every day from the White House. That Ian Sam's. Uh, the president's little weenie guy comes out every day and attacks me anytime I, re I requested information this week on where the money was going in Ukraine. And he he attacked me for having the audacity to want to know where our tax dollars are being spent in Ukraine. Well, Congressman, I think you you got the quote that we're going to see in uh, quite a bit of media as you uh, described that yeah <laughs> that gentleman uh, in, in the White House. I will say gentleman in parentheses in quotation marks as well as parentheses. Uh, we always give our guests the last uh, the last word on this. I, I may I first though ask you the J six video. Do you think that Speaker McCarthy may have made a mistake giving that to to journalist with one show rather than putting it before the American people. I haven't talked to Kevin McCarthy about that. I think sunshine is the best disinfectant. I'm an oversight guy through and through. I think the more people that have access to it, the better. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what Tucker Carlson's going to do with that information. I know the people on my committee and Lou, many of them come on your show, uh, many good uh, firebrand Republicans that serve on the House Oversight Committee. They want 
uh, the American people to have access to those to those videos. So I don't agree with Chuck Schumer and the Democrats saying that that's compromising the security of the Capitol. I mean, you can see pictures of the Capitol on Google. I mean, there, there's doors all the way around it. There's windows. I mean, we, you saw how the Capitol was compromised. I don't see how this video uh, would in any way, shape or form compromise the security of the Capitol. So I think the best disinfectant is sunshine, and hopefully every American will have access to those tapes at some point. Well, if I may, I, I'm going to, uh, I will speak only for myself, but I think that you and I agree that what those, uh, that video, which the lawyers for all of the 800 plus folks uh, that have been political prisoners of the Marxist Dem party, uh, they desperately need that video. Uh, for their legal purposes of talking about security, they are their security is and safety now is at stake. And I hope that the speaker uh, will amend his judgment and make certain that the lawyers and those political prisoners who have been in jail in some cases for now over two years uh, get access to that desperately needed video. Uh, but again, speaking only for myself, Mr. Chairman, uh, the last word I promise you, and uh, if you would, your concluding thoughts. Well, I just appreciate you, your interest in this, Lou. You're on top of this. This is very important. Uh, we need to know exactly uh, why the Bidens received so much money from China uh, through their various personal accounts and through the, the universities affiliated with Joe Biden. We need to make certain that they weren't uh, doing anything improper with those uh, classified documents. And I think uh, we could do that and get it done quickly if the if the administration will work with us and we're not going to let up. We appreciate your time and God bless you. We all appreciate the hard work that you and your committee and staff are doing. Uh, an extraordinary challenge and one we know of, uh, against which you will prevail. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Luke. Congressman James Comer, Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, a great American. Chairman Comer, you may have noticed, mentioned the White House attack dogs who are barking at him almost every day. Ian Sam is the White House spokesman that he referred to. And if I may suggest, everybody, just watch this White House and these Marxist Dems as they attack the House investigators. They've organized public relations and law firms to viciously attack the members of the House Oversight Committee, Judiciary, and the Weaponization Subcommittee. All it's, it's all truly outrageous. And I would urge you to tell your congressmen and senators how much you appreciate their hard work, the hard work of those investigators who are truly representing the American people and our republic. The White House attack dogs went after Congressman Comer because he wants an accounting. Now, listen to this, because he wants an accounting of how more than $100 billion is being spent by the White House in Ukraine. The White House couldn't understand why he would want to do that. As Chairman Comer said, sunshine is the best disinfectant. But clearly, the Biden regime is in a very dark place. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. And here tomorrow... Our guest will be NBA player Ennis Cantor. Cantor's been outspoken. He's been courageous in his condemnation of the communist Chinese and their treatment of the Uyghurs. And the NBA has blackballed him for his criticism of China and, of course, the NBA's hypocrisy. Please join us here tomorrow for Ennis Cantor and what some call the communist Chinese control of the NBA. 
Till then, follow me on Twitter at Lou Dobbs, on Truth Social at Lou Dobbs. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.